Before we begin today's episode of Bride to Be, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to elders past and present whose lands were never ceded. Welcome to Bride to Be. I'm Megan. And I'm Taylor Broad. Whether you're planning a wedding, you're in a bridal party, or you're just here for the tea, we're here to walk down the aisle with you. Whatever that may look like. We are back again. You're probably sick of our voices by now. Well, maybe they're loving it. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. How's your week been? Not too bad this week. Are we getting more stressed the closer we're getting to the wedding? Yes, we are. But I've actually just had so many other people's weddings to attend. Okay. I'm still in that kind of land. It's wedding season. Mm. It definitely is. And I feel like I have been seeing so many photos of the most incredible styling yes. to do with the wedding. And I didn't have much styling at my wedding, having it being cocktail. And that's the one thing that I'm kind of like, oh my God, these table settings are gorgeous. And I kind of wish I got that creative space. No, because it's so many more decisions to make. It's more money. More money. It's yeah, I would honestly just say it's one headache gone if you weren't doing styling. Yeah. I actually did a lot of it myself, like as in I haven't had a wedding planner. In hindsight, I should have. <laughs> but when it came to styling, I was like, I actually don't know what I'm doing. Like I can't wrangle a, what's the person that does flowers? A florist. <laughs> That's where my brain's at. I'm like, I can't wrangle a florist and like all these different people. And then I just stumbled across a stylist. So I was like, please take it off my hands. Oh, so you've got a stylist. Yeah. Amazing. Well, yeah. that works perfectly because we're going to be talking all things styling today. Oh. So maybe you can get some tips from a different stylist as well. Yes. Good idea. Let's get Pit into it. Pit them against each other. <laughs> so story time for you. I've been scrolling through TikTok and I keep getting all these stories of wedding relationship breakdowns. And I don't mean between the couple. I mean someone in the bridal party and the bride or the groom is beefing. What's TikTok trying to tell you? I know, or are <laughs> beefing, I should say. And I just keep thinking, imagine getting your photos back and I just want to chop one of my bridesmaids out. Jokes, I love my bridesmaids <laughs> to bits. But it would be so easy for that to happen because tensions are high, like it's a big event and you just really need people to show up for you Yeah. whilst not being a bride or groomzilla. It's funny you say this because it's not always just within the bridal party. Mm -hmm. You send out save the dates very early. Yeah. You then sometimes have one to two years before your wedding day. And as we know, as adults, friendships do break down. People do grow apart. Things happen. Yes. I had to uninvite someone from my wedding and it's hard. It's awkward. It's horrible. You don't want to be in that situation. Mm -mm. But then again, why should that person have the privilege of coming to my day that's meant to be filled with so much love and bring something that potentially isn't love for me and my husband? Yeah. So it was a tough decision, something I had to really speak about with my psychologist. <laughs> yeah, I like get professional help on get this one. Professional I like that. Help. And at the end of the day, it was this is my day. I don't want anything affecting that, whether it just be that you have to look at that person and feel a certain way or be sad about it. And I just wanted happiness. Good vibes. Yes, good energy. <laughs> and just love overall. Mm. So, yeah, it's tricky, but I think it's better to do it than not to do it and then regret it for potentially the rest of your life. Or my biggest thing was, okay, if me and this person become friends again, will I regret them not being at my wedding? And the answer was no, because at that time 
we weren't friends. And if the friendship can fix over years to come, amazing. That meant that they weren't just at my wedding to be at my wedding. Yeah, I agree. So that's where my head was kind of at on it. Mm. So I am a believer in you can uninvite people to your wedding. It's your day. You're spending that much money and do it. Yeah, it's your day. What did your psychologist say? What was their Pretty much advice? the same advice mm. in the sense of is this something that is going to cause you more stress and happiness on your day? Yes. And it was. If I had to be in a situation where someone said pose with this person for a photo or that person was doing something to annoy me, it would have really upset me for weeks on, whereas just dealing with that difficult moment at that point in time, sending it and then feeling completely free for the rest of the lead up to the wedding was so much more beneficial for me. Yeah, 100%. And I think it does come down to that thing of like, are you willing to just deal with this uncomfortable situation now or do you want to face that uncomfy situation on the wedding day? Exactly. And the answer is probably just bite the bullet now. But I think the same goes with actually, like let's just say you've had a tiff with someone And then you're picturing your wedding day and you can't picture the day without them, Mm -hmm. but it's awkward between you two and you haven't invited them. Just bite the bullet and just invite them if you're feeling that way. Whatever will give you more happiness than stress on the day. Yeah, completely agree with that in the sense of if them being there is going to make you happy, make it happen. If them not being there is going to make you happy, make them not there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Make sure that they're not there. Make sure they're cut. (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. But you're right because there's so much like lag time between save the dates and Mm. actual invites that it's like, ooh, we may not actually talk anymore. Exactly. And I think you see it so often where even inside a bridal party, people are holding onto a friendship to get to the wedding. Yes. Get the wedding done with and then a week later they're not talking or they've had this huge spat Mm. and it's like why didn't you just address that six weeks earlier or whenever it came up Mm. and save yourself this heartache of but you were part of my wedding and I feel like there's so much more emotion attached to that rather than just biting the bullet, dealing with it then and there and potentially removing someone from your bridal party, which is brutal but also if a friendship's breaking down that's brutal in itself exactly right yeah big cutthroat everyone that's i guess what we're saying today (laughs) (laughs) today we are joined by the gorgeous anastasia Velpi, who is the director of stasia fox events who i have just stalked the instagram page of and these events look incredible so what an achievement mind you And I think we're just going to pick your brain today on all things wedding planning. Of course, no problem. Are you ready? (laughs) Thank you for having me and thank you for your kind words. But, yes, I'm very ready. Stasia, so your business basically does it all when it comes to eventing, styling, planning. I guess what I want to know is for anyone at the beginning of their wedding journey or their planning journey or maybe they're just up to styling, where should they start when it comes to styling and which vendor should they engage with first? From the moment that you get engaged, you should definitely consult with your partner Mm -hmm. and then start to think about who you are as a couple and what your personality is like. So are you quite formal people? Do you want to really hold a formal event or are you quite casual and a little bit more low-key? And even right down to, you know, are you a city person versus a country or a seaside type of person? Because the environment where your wedding is set is very much, I believe, important and it should pretty much guide your styling. Yeah, I love that because when we were planning our wedding, I was never someone that had a mood board or the perfect sort of dress or layout or concept. And 
to me, finding a venue was really hard. But then when we sat down and went, what are two things that represent us the most, which was the ocean and country, finding a venue after that was so easy because as long Mm. as you could see the ocean and it was on sort of hinterland or country sort of setting, it was easy. Yeah. And that's also where you're going to spend your day. So of course, like it's very important, obviously being a stylist for me, priority is for the event to look good. But at the same time, when something looks good, it also has a feel element to it. So it's an aura that you're trying to create. And yeah, if you feel happiest by the sea or in the country or in the city, you know, around the hustle and bustle with beautiful grand old buildings, then that's where I think you should set your day and then use that to guide the rest of your decisions. Yeah, I do love that. When it came to styling for the wedding, I just did not understand how to coordinate like florists and stationery and I don't even know what else is involved what else is involved (laughs) table settings and that sort of vibe so do you think you should start with you know your flowers or should you start with your stationery should you do both at the same time where should we start I think depending on your budget Mm. you can obviously hire all of your vendors in that styling realm yourself and guide them and coordinate them but if you have the budget to go full service styling then consult with a stylist first and they might be able to guide you and recommend who they think would best work with your vision and whatever brief you've given them but at the same time I totally understand that not everyone has that budget so it might be a surprising answer but I actually think you should start with your photographer I think that should be one of your first vendors that you book because when you're inspired by the imagery that they create that's going to help you make decisions based on what you basically want your end result to look like and then from there it's really just about booking people who you have always been in love with if you have those kind of that list of vendors that like I've got to book them in For example, when we got married, our photographer, we didn't even secure the date until we knew they were free. Get out. So, And then COVID happened and it all changed anyway, (laughs) which is crazy. But that's how important to me having that photographer was. So, yeah, that's my personal opinion. Then from there, you know, if you have vendors who are quite popular, I think it's really important to contact them as soon as possible. It's also really lovely to start a great relationship with them nice and early And it also makes a vendor feel really good when they're like, I I just have my heart set on you the whole time and, you know, this is my vision Mm. because creatives do their best work when they feel good and most vendors are in that creative space. So having a good relationship with them I feel like is always going to end up having a better result for you on your day because they actually want to do really good work for you. So if you were someone who had absolutely no vision for your day, (laughs) How would you suggest finding a vision? Would it be social media? Would it be wedding books, old school, go back to the magazines where you'd flip through and look at other people's weddings? What's the advice? Yeah, I think that that can be quite common. People don't have a clear vision or they're confused. They have a few different visions and they don't sort of know how to align it all to be one core vision. There's some principles that a stylist would use in events, weddings, or even sort of homes, any sort of design principles, which would tie back to sort of like, Again, personality. Am I a classic versus modern type of person? Do I like loud colours or do I like neutral tones? So I definitely start with colour palettes that you can just start to think of what you like. And of course, seeking inspiration online is very popular and very helpful because there's just an abundance of imagery. Very handy. Yeah, it's very handy. But at the same time, once I think you really bring it all in and develop, you know, for example, I want my wedding to be traditional, romantic, whimsical. I want there to be muted colours. 
I want my imagery to be quite airy and light. You know, these are all things that it's not concrete, but it gives you an idea of that feel that you want on the day. I think you just described my wedding. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. That was the vibes for sure. So you Mm. could even just jot down some words and then Mm. start to find some imagery. Like you said earlier that maybe you didn't have a mood board. That may work for some and it may not work for others, but starting with a mood board, continually editing as well because I think refined style requires discipline. It requires the ability to say, I like this and this, but they don't go together. So I need to remove that. And that really leads me to something that's very important in my mind. And a core principle is less is more. Mm, Because people think, is there not enough of this? Is there not enough of this? And I think that's a really big sort of error that a lot of people have because we don't really know unless you do mock-ups and table mock-ups, which is possible, but unless Mm. you really have the budget to, you know, put your money into doing a table style or setup or a ceremony style. I mean, no one's going to do a ceremony setup no. beforehand. <laughs> it's ridiculous, you know. So you really have to have trust in your vision that it's going to turn out how you want it to look. You know, less is more sometimes. Who was it Coco Chanel? She said, get dressed and then take one thing off. Yeah. So I guess you would see so many weddings mm-hmm. per year. Yeah. What are some common mistakes that you've seen couples make, whether it be stationary, floristry, styling in general, that people listening can avoid? So I think that ties in well with what I just said. That's yeah. my big one. So it's more around tablescapes. Mm. People seem to be concerned that there's not going to be enough on the tables and they just want to keep adding. Will the flowers be big enough? Have I got enough food? You know, like yeah. obviously I'm not really dealing with the food aspect, but it is something we have to consider. Mm. We have to say, what is your dining style? Is it alternative drop or is it feasting menu down the centre? Because mm. that's going to really affect what it looks like, but people yeah. don't really think about about that and there's definitely events where I've worked on and often you know obviously you give your advice but you always have to give the final decision to the client of course where I thought we really didn't need to put so much <laughs> on the table yeah. and I really try to give that advice because people don't realize even glassware there's you know you go to a wedding there's like 50 dozen glasses on, or 50,000 glasses and they on don't the even table, touch right? half of them exactly yeah. and obviously it looks beautiful and mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't say remove glassware or anything but The point is people aren't factoring that in. So if you don't have a stylist or if you don't have the ability to mock up a table, my advice would be kind of get a little bit crafty at home. Mm. So ask your venue what is the width of the tables or what is the diameter of if it's a circular table. And then just get crafty at home. Just get a trestle table. Like most of the time the tables are much more narrow than people think, particularly with the long ones. And I have to say to them, like, you need to realise you've got like maybe 20 centimetres for flowers in the middle, one says all glassware and everything like that. Then go home. There's a lot of principles with interior design that cross over to weddings and event planning. For example, when I do some things in my home or when I'm thinking about furniture, I'll get masking tape and put it on the floor and I always think that I I've got that. more room than, room than I do. Like I'm that person who's like, no, the couch needs to be bigger. Oh, it's no, the old it measure with fit. your hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a measuring right? tape? I can just go off their hands. I've done that before. My husband's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I can visualise it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to purchase florals. You don't have to have the glassware and everything that's you know won't be accessible to you when you're at home. Just do it with masking tape on a table or even on the floor in a cardboard box and you'll start to see this, what space you have available And negative space is just as important in design as having that positive space or, you know, having it filled with an actual item or object. Yeah, for sure. And 
I guess this is the question coming from a point of view of people who might be on a smaller budget and not having the money to bring in a event stylist or someone who can plan the day out with them. What would your money-saving tips or advice be for someone planning a wedding on a budget? So my number one tip for budgets is don't invite people if you don't think you really Mm. need them there. So bigger is not better with a guest list. And I used to think that, you know, big grand weddings, you know, just you had to have them. The bee's knees. Right, yeah. (laughs) I just thought, you know, you just have to have more people there. You know, you have to fill the room. But after COVID, I think we all learned that micro, beautiful, intimate weddings are a little bit more meaningful. Can be. Can be. Absolutely. People who are really most important to you are there. And really, as soon as you start looking at your budget and then you're looking at your guest list, it's going to multiply by the amount of people that you have there. Of course. So quality immediately reduces for quantity, basically. And people can be really happy for you on the day without having to be there. You can always, you know, share your photos with them or sometimes people get married at churches, for example, and they may not be invited to the ceremony, but they'll come along to that. So I do think that society is changing and so hopefully people are becoming more understanding if they don't get invited to events. You really have to be a bit selfish and focus on what you want on the day. Breaking down the stereotypes as well, I guess social media at the moment is a platform that makes everyone think that they need a lot more than they do because it's that comparison element. Yeah. For us, we had a venue we loved, but it was booked out for two years on all weekends. So we did a Monday wedding and it didn't come down to the price. It was just, we wanted that wedding venue and we sucked it up and had a Monday. Yeah. And you know what? Who made the rule that your wedding had to be on a weekend? Definitely. Like I agree. you could be finding these sort of options and scenarios where you're breaking the stereotype, get away from the whole comparison and try and plan a wedding that's really about the core value, which is love. 100%. I absolutely agree with that. What are some styling trends that you're seeing at the moment? And how can you stay up to date with your styling, but then also be a little bit unique and I guess pay homage to your own sort of vibe and aesthetic? That's a tricky one because trends for me, they come and go. Mm. And my whole, I guess, ethos behind my business is not to follow trends too much. So when I sit down with clients, I often say this line, I'm sure many of my past clients, you know, remember it. When you look at your wedding photos in 10 years' time, I've done my job well if you're looking back and you're not thinking, oh, why did I make that decision? (laughs) That didn't age well. (laughs) Right? Yeah, exactly. So I know not everything will be classic forever. Yes. But there's the core principles behind my business and I guess our styling approach is a sense of classicism Mm -hmm. and you can still infuse unique elements. But for me, I guess I'm not necessarily the stylist to go to if you're looking for something wild and crazy and different. And there are others out there and they do amazing work in that space. But I, yeah, I always tie our looks back to being really classic, really romantic, really whimsical. And like I said, the ethos is to have it age well. So every wedding looks different. I'm Mm -hmm. sure there's a massive amount of differences in terms of how to style a cocktail wedding versus a seated wedding. Me and my husband had a cocktail wedding, so we didn't need to worry about seating charts and how to fit everybody onto a table or a room and different things like that. But if you are someone that is trying to do a seating chart, because I imagine they are traumatic, which is why we stepped away from it, (laughs) (laughs) what is your advice (laughs) for them? 
oh, seating chart. They are the kind of the hated element. And what's really tricky as well is that you can't do them until you get all your RSVPs. So it's in that last like month period where everyone's already exactly a little bit frantic and not in the headspace to be dealing with that. (laughs) That's a good one. Not in the headspace. (laughs) We're at capacity for that. (laughs) Sorry, my brain is full. (laughs) But they are important because obviously, I mean, there's things like family politics, which everyone has, but there's also things like it's all about the experience for the guests as well. I think when it comes to seating plans and you want to make sure that people are enjoying themselves. When we did our wedding, I really just sort of went by age and demographic of guests and I tried to put sort of like I didn't for example like I have lots of cousins and I didn't necessarily seat them with their parents so I set all the cousins on long tables so they were like the young fun tables and then the (laughs) round tables yeah (laughs) and then the round tables had sort of like all the parents sitting together they were still really close and people get up anyway move around but that was my approach personally Mm. the other thing to keep in mind is I guess sort of like whether or not it's seating plans, but it's also table layout. So whether or not you want round tables or long tables, that's very much a common discussion that I have with a lot of clients if they have the choice at the venue. And it's really up to you as to what you feel is right for you. So the good thing about long tables is you don't, have to know everyone on the table and there won't be a sense of awkwardness if you kind of put just groups together and they're all on that one table but round tables you can obviously have more socializing around the whole group so generally it's been very common in the last year to do a hybrid mix if the venue accommodates to that and therefore you know people that know each other are all on that round table and then the long ones you can kind of piece it together so they don't all have to know each other. The stragglers. Yeah, the singles. Yeah, that actually reminds me going back to like centerpieces and stuff like that. I was at a wedding where I couldn't see anyone opposite me because the centerpieces were just so huge. They were beautiful and grand, but I literally could only speak to like my fiance next to me and then the person on the other side of me. So that's another thing to think of. Definitely. Visibility. Definitely. So, <laughs> Make sure you can see over your centerpieces. Yeah. Well, I guess it's like if you want to. Like, but if there's people that don't know each other or get along. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Two aunties Lock that hate out. each other, that's fine. We'll just pop a big centerpiece. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, in the middle of the wedding, the centerpiece is flying and they're having it out. No, <laughs> no candles on that table. <laughs> um, no alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're on a ban. Yeah. yeah. But yes, that's something like you are. Very correct in that these are very common conversations I have with brides and grooms and couples in general, but in the lead up to their day. And generally these are discussions we have in that two-month out mark because if there is the option to have long or round or other types of layouts in the venue, you really can't make those secure decisions until you have your RSVP list confirmed Mm -hmm. or your guest list confirmed. And it can be a little bit stressful. So I was given some really great advice, funnily enough, by my midwife recently. Wow. Because it's more the principle of decision-making in that if you don't know which way you're going to go, try and make a list for both options. So you don't have to make that decision, for example, on the spot. If you're not sure, for example, if you're going to have like 50 people drop off, because sometimes people, it's very common, they're like, oh, we've got 250, but we're only probably expecting 200. So make a little plan as to what you'd like if you have that scenario. But if you have a different scenario and you're limited by guest numbers and what you can do in the space, make a plan for that scenario. And that way you're pretty much making your decisions in a state of, well, like I said, the right mind state. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because like no matter how calm or relaxed or amazing of a person you are, when it comes to that kind of dealing with stress, 
when it comes to getting closer to the wedding, everyone gets quite stressed and making decisions under stress is probably not advice. So. Yeah, view the breakdown. Yeah. Now, this is a bit of a juicier question, but we ask every guest this. So you've been around so many weddings. Can you share a disaster story with us? I love a horror. Yeah, we love a horror You've story. You've got to give us a horror story. Whether it be someone you know, it doesn't have to be a wedding you were at, you may not have heard it. I haven't. You're really teasing it. Everyone's me, so you? nice. They're like, um, I don't know. <laughs> I will say that almost every wedding something will, there'll be a story of something that didn't go right. So just of be course. okay with that. Yeah. But, you know, we've all seen those videos of the couple falling in the water on the bridge or something <laughs> yes. like that. So nothing that crazy. So I haven't seen any centerpieces being thrown across <laughs> no. the room, no one fighting over the bouquet. Honestly, I would say just have blinkers on during the day. That's not your problem. Yeah. Like yeah. if anything like that does happen, like honestly, just... It's not about There's that. always the one drunk uncle that drinks too much and decides <laughs> that he owns the dance floor and is better than the DJ. You're actually teasing things out of my brain. And You're like, go. look, I'm getting it. <laughs> so my husband and I, I have Italian heritage, so we got invited to this amazing wedding in Italy and one of the uncles got really drunk really early as well, had his tie around his head oh, like no. some weird bandana <laughs> and was drinking and dancing on the floor. But it was really fun though. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It adds to it it's like having a performer a live performance at the wedding much like Mm. we thought it was amazing but then there was possibly a lot of people around us in italian like absolutely mortified we don't know we were just like this is hilarious angry (laughs) so you know like try and see the positive and just yeah just enjoy your night if anything like that happens yeah (laughs) well thank you so much we've loved speaking to you i'm sure there are a lot of people listening that have a lot of takeaways from this so we really appreciate you coming in no thank you so much it's been a lot of fun and yeah i really appreciate being asked to come in and if you do want to read out to inquire about Stacia Fox events, we will link her page in the bio. I actually don't have a shit they didn't tell you this week. I'm all out of ideas and tips and tricks, so I'm handing this straight to you. Oh, I'll take the baton. So obviously I've not been married yet when we're recording this, but I'm on wedding talk in a big way in a big way. And people have been talking about wedding scents. Did you have one? I didn't have one specifically, but my mum purchased me a beautiful bottle of Chanel for my hens, which I loved so much that that became my wedding scent because it was sort of intertwined in the hens, the wedding, the night before. That was my scent. I love that. And I kind of like that you brought that up because one of the tips was if you're having like a wedding scent, don't just wear it on the wedding day, wear it in the lead up so that when, you know, time moves on and you smell this scent again, it reminds you of the whole lead up or, you know, the wedding week or whatever it may be rather than just the wedding day. I mean, you can create that little nostalgia for yourself. So I thought that was really cute. That's beautiful. I don't actually have a wedding scent at the moment. I don't really wear perfume. Just B.O.? Yeah, just B.O. <laughs> I'm just going to go with my natural odours. I don't really wear perfume that much because I usually get a headache from it, but I will choose one. And another thing that I saw on TikTok was if you're bougie, you can actually get it engraved. That's cool. Yeah. So the bottle itself. Yeah. Right. With like the wedding Very date or something. Yeah. So I thought that would be cute. And you can actually go and pick it together if you're into that. That was my next question. Should it be the partner's preference of fragrance that you're wearing? Mm-hmm. Or if you have a different preference, should it be what you prefer? Because who are you wearing it for? Ooh. Are you wearing it for your partner or yourself on that day? 
oh, you're not wrong with that one. This is where I was a little confused because I kind of was like, well, I love this scent, but I don't really care if he <laughs> does or not. Does Nathan have a favourite scent of yours? I don't think he even takes notice. Nah, I don't think they do either. No. Nah. Yeah. You know what you could do, though? You could do a spritz of each. True. I mix. mix. Them. Yeah. I am a full mixer. I'm like, oh, bit of that. And then I'll walk out of the room, find another one in the cupboard. Oh, and I'll pop that on my wrist. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I do spray like one spritz of Joey's cologne, whatever it's called, fragrance. And then I'll put like my fruitier one on. That's nice. Something. I find that the male scents actually do last longer. I don't know what it is. Yep. I guess fruitier perfumes really don't last. Like I can't smell it after I've sprayed it about 10 minutes later. Whereas if Nathan sprays a cologne in the house, especially being pregnant, I am smelling that for six days. Like it is not leaving my bed sheets. It is in the air. I feel like it's on me. I don't know how to get it off. (laughs) 100%. I feel like they bathe in it as well though. Yes. I feel like they put four times the recommended amount. But yeah, bringing it back, I will find a wedding scent. But something you said triggered my thoughts. It's probably your partner's scent that mm. you become nostalgic to as well rather than your own. Or well, maybe you and Joey can go scent shopping and then you can yes. tell us what scent you ended up picking. That'll be cute. Yeah, we'll see how we go. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Bride to Be. If you want more info on anything we discussed today, feel free to check out the episode notes or slide into Adore Beauty's DMs. If you don't want to miss a beat, be sure to subscribe in your podcast app to be notified when we drop our next step. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating. And of course, don't forget to share this with anyone in your world that you think would like to listen. See you next time.